Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Nate Matthews Leader, and I'm joined by my co-host. Maggie and Tim, and we are the Inside Agents. On this weekly podcast, we'll be discussing hot topics around football and the sports industry from two agents' perspectives. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Agents. You're here with your host, Nate Matthews, and my co-host, Maggie Intum. And this episode is another episode of Inside Football. Yes, thank you so much for that intro, Nate. Um, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Inside Agents. Um, Today, we'll be discussing some really, really cool topics and just everything that's going on in the world of football, or as most will say in America, the world of soccer. We'll be touching on the National Women's Soccer League, MLS, USL, Premier League, and any and everything that has been happening within the sport of soccer and football. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. Maggie, let's jump right into the Women's Challenge Cup, the first professional sports league back in North America. The woman kicked it off. Let's go. First and foremost, the last episode, if you guys didn't listen to it on Inside Football, Maggie made some predictions that did come through. Mm-hmm. Um, just to big her up a little bit. Yes, yes. Thank you very Let's much. Talk Thank about, you. Um, some performances, what you thought of it so far. What is your overall thoughts on the Challenge Cup so far? So my overall thoughts was that, for one, one of my predictions obviously is happening, right? We see it happening where um, that prediction was that North Carolina Courage would lead through, and not just because they're the fan favorite, but when you look at the squads of each and every team, of the eight out of the nine teams, um, of course, because for those who didn't listen to our previous episode or they're not aware, or maybe you are aware, Orlando Pride, you know, did withdraw from the tournament due to health reasons with dealing with the global pandemic of COVID or whatnot. So that leaves us to eight teams left. And um, obviously North Carolina is carrying the torch, man. They're carrying the torch. Um, I, I did also feel that teams like Houston Dash would be there and they're within the top five. Um, Nate, I know you were a fan of, uh, was it Portland that you uh, were going for? I was going for Washington. Oh, you, you were going for Washington. Okay, okay. So you were going for Washington. So Washington is in the top two. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say this. I I thought that they were going to be there for sure, but they're really, they're impressive, man. They're impressive. I got to say that. They're impressive. And, and um, it's yeah. going to be interesting. Very, very interesting because um, just following up, we we both did, like we did say, North Carolina. They they have the best team on paper, and they've shown it. Mm-hmm. Those girls have shown it. Um, the girl, I'm not going to say who impressed me, but I'm, I'm a fan of Lynn Williams after the first yes. round. Yes. Yes. Lynn is, Lynn is awesome. Lynn, Lynn is, is awesome. tearing it up. I mean... She has she's been involved in half of the team's goals. Yep. Yeah. She's leading. She's leading right now she's too leading. for the top players. Yeah. Top she's performers. The Challenge Cup with um three goals, one assist. And she also um the team has scored seven goals in total, so she's been involved with four of them. Um of course we know Crystal got a goal as well. Good for yes, her. Yes, that was a hell of a 
man, that was a hell yeah. of a shot, man. When she did that, I was like, whoo. That, that was wicked. And now, um, this weekend, we come into the knockout round. One thing I am going to say I'm excited about is um, each, well, not each league. Each league is kind of set up differently. Um, USL set up differently, but we'll jump into that later. But I really like that every team, now that it's the knockout round and there's eight teams, the eighth seed has a chance to, we could potentially see some good upsets. The eighth seed may beat the number one seed. I don't see it happening. North Carolina is just too powerful. But every other team besides, I would say, Washington and North Carolina, all the games were like really close and really tight. So anybody can beat anybody, I think. They can. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Um, my prediction, North Carolina Courage versus Washington in the finals, unless um, at the time Houston Dash comes through with something different. But, of course, with the lineup for the uh, quarterfinals and then leading into the semifinals, North Carolina is going to take it all the way. I have North Carolina winning the cup. And if anyone wants to debate me, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you want to bet on this, please, let's do it. North Carolina all day. Courage is taking it. Like, I mean, shout out to Lynn Williams, Crystal Dunn, Jessica McDonald. Um, Unfortunately, Allie Watt is out because, you know, she's the the rookie, but she got hurt, torn her um, ACL in the beginning. So it's it's unfortunate, unfortunate, but... Yes, it is. But the rest of the rookies are holding her down, like Addison, Merrick, and, um, you know, the other women from um, that's on the team. It's like, yeah, they're, they're just too strong. They're too strong. But I will say I've been very impressed with Houston. I, I thought Houston's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, Sky Blue, I'm a fan of that club as well and just want to see them do even more. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Chicago Red Stars. They've been, you know, proving themselves. They definitely did in the in the last game. Um, but if I had to say my predictions of, you know, the finals, it's gonna be, or if we say okay, semifinals, then we're we're looking at North Carolina, Washington. I'd say Houston, and I'd probably give it to Chicago if they can pull through. If they mm-hmm. can pull through. Those that will be is, my top four. That's my that, top four because I, I think Portland, mm, I don't know. Utah, mm, maybe. That's going to be a close one. I, I, honestly, Maine, think, I don't know. I think that Utah-Houston game is going to be a very close one. It is. I think it could go either way depending on which it team is. shows up. I think overall that definitely it's going to come up to Rachel and how Rachel performs because if Rachel decides – She's going to put a couple in for Houston, then... That's true. That is true. And she's one of the top performers, too. Yeah. So it could work with with Houston for sure. But I would also say, too, if if Chicago didn't perform as well, I would still keep the same three teams to the semifinals, where it would be, you know, obviously North Carolina Courage, um, Washington Spirit, Houston Dash, and I'd probably put Sky Blue in place of Chicago. Because I I wouldn't sleep on Sky Blue. Mm, they I got can't. a they got a pretty nice squad. I wouldn't sleep on them. But honestly, that's the beauty of the game. It's like when there's underdogs, you can never really sleep on those underdogs. Because you just true. never know what they're gonna bring. 
That is very true. And to be honest, between between second and and eighth place, or even third place and eighth place, they were only split by two points. Mm-hmm. That's like one win. So between third place and eighth place, it really could have gone any way. The games were so tight. Um, I'm I'm excited. I I think honestly, there can be upsets, but I think. North Carolina is going to take it just because that team's just they're, they're different. I mean, yeah, they're we different know. Like, we already we like, already know. We already know. And, and speaking, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say to be fair, it's it's a lot harder for teams that are like the North Carolinas of the world or the PSGs of the world or the Juventus or the top teams to everyone holds you at that high standard and these girls are really showing like we're the best on paper and we're the best like on the field as well because Mm -hmm. a lot of teams are really trying to take the crown from them but they're not letting it happen let me tell you something it's it's been said north carolina is a place that breeds talent great talent for both men and women whether we're talking about soccer or we're talking about basketball obviously you know, with the great Michael Jordan and, and just what he's done. And, and when you look at even some of these NFL players and what they've done um, coming from North Carolina, it, it says a lot. It says a lot. If if I'm, you know, as an agent, it, it's nothing but a great feeling to have players that are playing for, like, the top seed, you know, uh, team. It's, it's nothing better than that. I don't, though, for the record, ladies and gentlemen, I do not represent any any women players yeah yet yet um on that team but if i did i'd still be cheering them one as a fan and um and so nate speaking of teams and just everything that's been happening right so obviously with orlando being out it would have been very interesting to see if orlando um was a part of this tournament because i think the tournament would have went differently too i i I completely agree because, you know, I said I was a fan of Orlando and I was excited to see them play. Um, I think they have a good roster on, on paper as well. They would have at least, yeah. it, they would they would have definitely stirred up the pot here in this tournament. I think, honestly, I could see them finishing in as, as a second or third seed. Orlando, to be honest, I saw them second or third seed. Not beating North Carolina, of course. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't see that happening. Like, number one was always going to be North Carolina. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but um, to always be honest, number so one. I'm not even going to um, lie. Washington, they were, I was a fan favorite yeah, of them, Washington. but I didn't expect them to even finish second, to be honest. It's okay to come to on over it. to uh, the MC bandwagon now. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's all right. Everyone else is going to be doing it after this weekend. They're going to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, Maggie, we're definitely going to join that train and, and just root for NC. Uh, but honestly, a lot of people have been, been – my prediction has been correct. A lot of people saying, look, Mags, we agree. It's going to be North Carolina versus Washington. Yeah. And that's where you'll have people that just maybe just don't like North Carolina. They're going to vote for Washington. Or people will say, you know what, I got to give it to North Carolina. And both teams, to me, are amazing. Um, they have performed the most in this uh, Challenge Cup. So it's it's really exciting. Um, it's really exciting. And, and, you know, once again, as we speak of these teams and the National Women's League, this past week, something interesting happened. Um, there was an announcement of the new expansion team called uh, Racing Louisville FC. Um, 
first of all, just I'm I'm so excited for them to even launch this because I am dying to go and visit the Lynn family stadium in Louisville. I think it's amazing. Um, it's a brand new stadium and they share it with uh, the, the USL's club uh, yeah, Louisville City, City team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Louisville City. So it's, it's really exciting for racing Louisville. Congratulations to, you know, the, the whole entire team um, and to the city of Louisville to actually say, okay, we're going to expand and have our own women's um, you know, team now. So that's amazing. And that club will, their season starts 2021. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see what type of players they end up signing. I wouldn't be surprised if they look to North Carolina to, you know, possibly make some trades or whatnot. And then of course, with the 2021 uh, NWSL draft coming up as well, um, I, I'm not sure how they're going to play it out this year, Nate, because I know usually whenever there's an expansion team, they tend to have an expansion draft where they'll pick their own players. And so obviously with everything going on, um, I'm not too sure how that's going to work out this year. And if it does, if it doesn't happen with an expansion draft or they do decide to just do something smaller and pull players, I wouldn't put it past if the 2021 draft, they're still going to be the, the first, they're still going to have access to the first um, number one pick of the first round for next year. So it's going to be really exciting uh, to see what happens with racing Louisville. And I love their, um, their gear. I'm, I'm really trying to get myself uh, a scarf at least. Um, so anyone from racing Louisville, you know, please, by all means, feel free to uh, send me a message or a DM or anything. Cause I'm, I'm loving the designs of the scarf. I think it's really cool. And just, the material. Lo- I, can't the wait. Logo I can't wait to see the kids. Yeah. The logo is one of the best logos I've seen in sports. Yes. Like, yes. like to be yes. honest, I love the two, the two tone purple, the gray. Like, I think it's, I think it's really nice. And also, um, this is just big for women's soccer, especially for Louisville to decide to invest in an expansion team now with going through COVID and a lot of the financial um, restraints that a lot of clubs are facing. For them to decide, we're gonna add a women's team especially in this time is just goes to show how big women's soccer is becoming in North America and honestly it's needed because to be fair there needs to be more women in North America who feel like they can chase their dream to become a professional football player and so not just yeah 20 more spots, 20 yep, more not, spots. and not just North America I mean I I still say I, I think I presented like three more expansion um teams that I think they should look at actually I think Sacramento is one from what I heard Sacramento is supposed to be um on their list definitely Los Angeles is one I think that would be amazing to have an expansion team in Los Angeles um I I thought to myself too that if they didn't think about it before possibly in the city of um Atlanta I, I think Atlanta would be good to have um, an expansion team if possible, but one of the biggest ones, Toronto. Okay, to not have an expansion team in Canada for the Women's League, that, let me tell you something, the day that happens where if there's an expansion team, and ladies and gentlemen, you are hearing it first from Maggie and Tim and Nate Matthews, that an expansion team will come to Canada at some point in the future. And it's going to be in a place like Toronto, and it's going to be sick. It's going to be sick because the talent that comes out of Canada on the women's side 
amazing. Amazing. I completely I I completely agree. I think Canada, especially Toronto, needs one because for those viewers who aren't familiar with Canadian soccer, for the Canadians women's side, how it differs from the US is that from the age of U15, the top um, talented girls go enter like Rex program, which is like they keep all the national team girls together from U15, U16, U17, U18, U19, all the way up to the time they go to college. And they're all training with Canada soccer. So it's just like if you were to have the US national team or any youth national team stay together for years upon years. So the amount of talent that Canada produces on the women's side and the ones that are coming up definitely is going to be huge. And if they were to bring a team to Toronto, it's going to be trouble for North Carolina. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see. But it's actually going to make the game even more better. It's going to make the game even more better. And so I'm just excited. And and I'm really excited uh, for this weekend. And I hope everyone will tune in. Um, Also, too, I'm, I'm really hoping that these broadcast networks see what's happening um the first game alone for the challenge cup had about over 500,000 viewers which was even more than mls which we'll get into mls next um but you know i'm just hoping that the broadcast companies you know whether that's your cbs's your espn's that something like this and what has been happening it's it's like the perfect opportunity to say okay we need to really invest into women's soccer and actually showing it on TV and not showing the replays, but we can actually show it live to where people can tune in. For someone like myself, that would be amazing. I love to record all my games. I love to go back and watch it. I don't care if it was, I still have the World Cup recorded on my DVR. And I go crazy if, you know, it's not there Um, because I always love to go back and watch these matches and critique, um, you know, critique the game. So. For the broadcasters, um, that's something to look at as well. So hopefully those people will tune in to the game uh, this weekend as well. Definitely. And let's jump into the next league that started. Uh, MLS in the bubble in Orlando with what's going on with COVID. Maggie, um, last time we did speak about the MLS is back, hashtag MLS return to play. I was definitely excited to see um, a couple teams. Um, I was excited to see FC Dallas. They didn't make it due to amount of corona cases that the team had. I was also excited to see the expansion team Nashville. Mm-hmm. But um, they didn't make it either because of the corona cases. And um, I was also excited to watch the Challenge Cup because there's so many short games in such a... Um, small length that I figured that I'd see a lot of homegrown talent from each club play so um, overall I was really excited and I just love the group stage slash knockout format it reminds me of the world cup especially Mm -hmm. so um, overall I would say though I'm not surprised with the way Inter Miami has performed to be honest listen I I didn't Mm. expect them to honestly do anything like I didn't I didn't expect them to be a competitive team the team that did shock me the most I would say is Atlanta United because they're already eliminated 
two games, two losses. Um, they were the favorites going into it. Listen, I'm sorry. I have to interject. I think you mean Atlanta United was your favorite to go in because I told you already who I was going for. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, statistically, they were one of the favorites. To no way. Up. They couldn't have. Their, their number one player, the most valuable player of the league, is injured. So I knew at that point it was all fair ground for the rest of the MLS teams to come in. So I don't know. I disagree on that side. But I'll let you continue. I think that. I mean, but overall, Atlanta has one of the best. They got Emerson Hyman, who came from AFC Bournemouth in the in the mm. Premier League. They have Barco, who was with the uh, 120 uh-uh. Argentina team. They Not have impressed. they have this strong squad <laughs> where, like they the they should have never lost to FC Cincinnati. I'm sorry, FC Cincinnati yeah. is one of the worst MLS franchises in history. I'm sorry to say it. That's Nate's that opinion, but I will say that they is my opinion. Yeah, FC but, Cincinnati didn't play too well. Um, in, you know their first game, and I just was like, wow. But to see you know them even play Atlanta United and what happened with that I just was like wow um two red cards in two games it seemed like Atlanta United just technically tactically they don't seem like they know how to play without Joseph, Joseph. That, yep. that's, that's that's what it came down to that and, we can definitely agree on so they need I some think, work there's some work that needs to be done there yeah I think honestly the next game play um well I think they need to play more homegrowns now because the next game, there's, there's not much to be expected of you guys. Give your homegrown players a chance. And um, let the big boys step up now because another team that surprised me, I would say, is Columbus Crew. They came out flying. Listen, man. I didn't that tell people team, don't sleep on Columbus, that man. Team, Columbus, Columbus, yeah. They, they, they came mm. to play. They, yeah came to play. And I know Atlanta United is kicking themselves for getting rid of Nardi. Because now (laughs) he was one of their best midfielders and he proved in this tournament why he is still one of the best midfielders in MLS just off of his performances and like his leadership role in the middle of the park. Like that Columbus team looks like a completely different team. They seem like they're more motivated to win. They're hungry. And um they have some very, very talented players on that squad, for sure. Absolutely. You know who surprised me? Um, and I stayed up last night watching this game. I was so tired. But um, San Jose, like, I don't know if you tuned into that game. Oh, yeah. I was looking because I, but, I, um, uh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> they really surprised. I didn't even know that they had it in them to play like that. What How? What that that game was interesting, but you know, because over the past week watching these games, these matches, I I really enjoyed the Columbus, um, the Columbus Crew match versus you know Red Bulls. I thought, oh, okay, um, I mean, I'm sorry, not Red Bulls. Um, their previous game, and I was like, oh, Columbus Crew is bringing it. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. But then to watch last night's game, I'm like, oh man. Man, like, that game. Can we that, talk about? I I I want to bring this up because I've seen this so often. There have been first off the extra time that has been added in these games have been crazy, and the amount of goals that have been scored after the 80th minute 
have been even crazier. Yeah. There have been so many last-minute goals in these games. In um, the MLS Challenge Cup, it's been, it's been like exciting football to watch. Seems like no teams are really defending. Um, who who do you think is taking it? I mean, I'm I'm I like Columbus Crew is something to watch. Obviously, what we saw with with San Jose, it's something to watch. Um, I'm still a huge fan of DC United, and I feel like they can definitely um they'll definitely go all the way. Um, Philadelphia Union surprised me also. They they bought it the other night. That, that was very that was a good a good a really good match. Um, those are some of my teams. Of course, um, Seattle Sounders are a couple of my favorite guys. Um, LAFC they played pretty good. That was a good game. Um, the Galaxy surprised me, um, but they they did pretty well. I love that they gave the opportunity to um, Cameron Dunbar, who's a home Cameron player. Dunbar. Oh my goodness. Cameron, what? Cameron, listen. That boy has potential. A lots of potential, and I'm, I'm super excited for him. Um, I was t- texting back and forth with um, his dad at the time when that happened, and I was just like, uh, I'm so excited for him. So that's yeah. going to be uh, yeah. amazing. Um. Shout out to Cameron. Shout out to the homegrowns who have played and surprised me because yes. um, even um, Toronto FC's two goals were scored by Ao Akaboa, and he's a homegrown as well, only 20 years old. Awesome. And he started, he started and knocked in two goals for them early, and then TFC ended up tying the game. So that in itself has been um, just I, honestly, I don't know what's. I think teams haven't played for a very long time and just. The organization that has gone on between back lines have just been crazy. And even with the five substitutes that have been happening, it's just a lot on players to train so quickly and get back to playing. So, these, I mean, some of these results were expected. I mean, I expected to see a lot of high-scoring games just because of that reason. Like, we haven't been around for so long. Overall, the Challenge Cup, I mean, New, Eng- New England got a cup a win. They looked okay. New York City FC looked appalling to me. They looked so shocking to me. Mm. New York City FC. I was very disappointed in how they played. Um, so for Group A, definitely another team, sorry, another team that surprised me is Orlando. Not necessarily the way they played, yeah. but they looked a lot more organized than that franchise has in the past, and they look like they actually know what they're doing, and they have like a style of play and they were gritty and they fought for their results. Um, good. I think they were managed very well. I think both games that they won, they just were just outmanaged. Like their manager was just better than the other squad. So that's who I think, I mean, group a Orlando and Philadelphia really did surprise me. Um, Inter Miami didn't surprise me. New York City FC, I expected to do a lot better than same what they did. I wasn't really impressed. I was not impressed. At, honestly, I was kind of disgusted. I was. They didn't look like they wanted to play. They didn't look like they had any fight, any urgency. They they looked lost. Honestly, when I was watching them play, I didn't know what they were trying to accomplish. They didn't look confident in the ball. They didn't look confident in what they were doing. It didn't look like they even wanted to be there, to be honest. Um, what other group? Let's see. Group- what would you say? I mean, so 
quarterfinals. Quarter. Who, who, who's your top eight? My top eight, I'm going with out of group. Out of group A is definitely going to be Orlando and Philadelphia. Those those two are going through for sure. Um, the next group for let's group see. B. Group B. Uh man. Group B is oh, tough because you got San Jose, you got Chicago, Seattle, Vancouver. I mean, I can give you my top eight. My top um, eight. While you decide on your top eight, I'm gonna tell you my top eight. So group A, I'm going with Orlando and Philly for sure. Um, group B, I'm gonna say San Jose and Seattle. Really? Yeah. Yeah. San Jose. Listen, Seattle's the reigning champs, but you know, never sleep on on. I don't sleep on anyone when it comes to these tournaments because you just never know, right? Like I like like I never do. I never thought that I would say San Jose, but the way they played last night, yes, I'm I'm going San Jose, Seattle. Yeah, San Jose for group C. Um, for group C, I'm gonna go with DC United, and I'm probably gonna say. I'm I'm gonna say Toronto and DC United. Um, group, I'll agree with that. Group D, I will say Colorado and Sporting KC. I, I'm gonna say those two. I think Minnesota has it. I think Salt Lake does too. But I'm gonna say I feel like Colorado um, and Sporting KC would definitely come out of that. And then for Group E, definitely Columbus. And obviously that leaves you with Red Bulls, Cincinnati, and Atlanta and Red Bulls. So I'm going with Red Bulls on this one, Red Bulls and Columbus. And then for Group F, I'm gonna close it out with um Group F is tough because I I Houston's bringing it too. That was a good that was a good match. Um LAFC, yeah, that, of oh, course, LAFC. LA Galaxy. It's it's tough, but I'm gonna say because LAFC also just signed like three homegrown players who are also phenomenal. Huge congratulations to those guys. Um, I'm going to go with Houston and LAFC wow. for Group F. And that's my top eight. Wow. Now, when we talk about the finals, um, I think I'm still rooting for DC on this one. It's something about DC United that I just feel like they have the potential to go all the way. Um, and I feel like it could be it could end up being DC United. Um, so the semifinals would be DC United. I'm gonna say DC United, San Jose, Houston, and maybe I don't know, maybe Columbus. And the winner of it all. Or the top two could be Columbus versus DC United, or it could be LAFC. I don't know. That one is tricky. That for this tournament, I can't, ladies and gentlemen, I can't give my final final. Maybe when we come back, you know, on our next episode of the Inside Football, I'll be able to give you a better um, prediction of who would take it all. But as far as my top eight and and then my top four for that semifinal, that's my those are my top two right now. When we come back on the on the next episode i'll be able to tell you who i think is going to be the final two teams because by that time too we we would have already went through the, the knockout stages at least and you can see who's really bringing it oh yeah for sure because even um even um for the viewers not listening we've only seen 
each team play once. Only mm-hmm. a few teams have played twice, so it's very early in the pre- in um, the predictions. I'm gonna say, um, shout out to the homegrown players who played. Um, also, like that that to me was very important, just for like preparations for like World Cups and like just U.S. soccer in general. Um, that was exciting to see. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know. I think I think. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. There's some great team, and I still want to see more from Group D. I want to see before I make a prediction on Group D. I'm gonna need to see a little Sporting bit more. Kansas City, just because they've all only played one game. Yeah. And every team, every team had good moments, and the games were so close where either team could have won it. So that and also group f with like portland houston lafc and la galaxy they only played once too and those games were all like so close so literally any any one of those teams can make it out of that group i think i think that is a tough group in general i think la i i honestly houston surprised me because if i were to guess anyone at the bottom of that group i would have guessed houston i would have guessed really yeah i would have guessed LAFC, LA Galaxy, Portland above Houston. I like Houston, but I I didn't think that they would be up there. But um, yeah, um, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Because the the reason why I said that is because when Houston started, um. When Houston started the this season, they lost. Um, they lost a game for nothing, and I was like, mm, I'm not too sure about these guys. But um, because before this, remember they lost to Sporting Kansas City for nothing. So, and then they tied LA Galaxy one one. So I didn't see that happening for them. LA LAFC. Um, I thought they would be one of the favorites, but then when Carlos Vela pulled out because of his wife is having a child that changed the whole dynamic for LAFC just like um just like for Atlanta missing their top forward but still very early in the tournament so it's exciting because there's football literally every single day as an as an agent uh, as just a fan of soccer there's like three or four games a day whether it's the Premier League the Challenge Cup, USL, MLS. There's been games all day, all night where I'm up at like 1 a.m. watching the last game at least. So it's it's very it's very exciting, very fun. And um, let's jump into USL. Um, yes. Because before we the last podcast we had, we were discussing um, USL's return to play, but um, we didn't really know how they were going to come back and what capacity. They didn't really announce anything, but they did now. And um, for those who don't know USL, USL is second division in um, America, USL Championship. And they decided that they're going to come back. Some strong points with um, USL that I was glad to see is, one, they have fans in some stadiums. Two, um, they are playing home and away matches. So... The breakdown um, of what USL decided to do was they divided their league into eight groups, um, five groups of four teams along with three groups of five teams. And 
each team is taking part in the 16-game regular season. So the top two sides of each group in the regular season will advance to the USL Championship playoffs. And that will be, um, they'll be placed in regionalized single elimination um, brackets. Each um, regular season schedule is made up of 12 group games. And um, a lot of the groups are based on the region of the team. So unlike the MLS um, tournament and the NWSL tournament, where all teams are in a centralized location, USL is doing it differently. And um, to be honest, I, I like the way USL decided to do it with um, just having fans in, um, breaking it up regionally. I'm interested to see if MLS or um, will follow suit in breaking their, um, their, um, their leagues down even more because you know, they have two think, sides. I don't yeah. think they're going to do I don't do think it. MLS should do it, uh, mainly because of you know, COVID testing and what has been happening there. Um, good to know that USL paid attention to my tweet <laughs> a while back about saying that they should break it up into the different uh, groups. It would be so much better and it would be greater. So it's good to see that they did that and they actually liked that tweet before. So I'm, I'm sure that's probably where they got the idea to do it that way. But um, super excited. Uh, love that they've already, you know, like you said, Nate, to piggyback off of what you said, to they opened up the doors to fans coming in um, at the stadium obviously practicing health uh, protocols and, and safety issues from social distancing and also just keeping it a certain amount of space, making sure, you know, fans have their um, mask and stuff. I, I heard even some of them were doing like pre-testing too, where there's a way to get results on site. So that's really good that they're just taking all those steps and measures. And so who knows, depending on how the tournament goes, um, I may even want to check out a game or two, check out a few of my guys um, in there, de- depending on how things go. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for this tournament with USL. So far, it has been very interesting um, to watch these, these matches. I mean, it's been crazy. Some of them, you kind of just go in and you know what's going to happen. And with some, you're surprised. And there were a few matches that I was like, wow. Oh, they're, I was like, that's how they're starting it off? Okay, so it's it's looking good. Yeah, there were um, some some very good games that were played, some very good goals that were scored. Um, the one person who, I mean, I expected this to come out flying was Solomon Asante. Oh, man, Solomon. Solomon, I mean... He's a different level, to be not honest. Not even Solomon... Honest, Junior, okay, Junior Flemo, Flemo, he bought it in about the first maybe what first minute of the game. He already hit a goal flying <laughs> with the assist from Solomon. So once I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, this game is over pretty much. Like I already know what Phoenix is on. I I know it. Like they were literally rising to the top in that game, and it was um they've always been one of my favorites, and I'm excited to see more from them. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix looked very good. Um, the Sacramento mm-hmm. game was very, very good. Mm-hmm. New Mexico, New Mexico yeah, looked very New good. Mexico, honestly, New Mexico scored one of the 
best goals of the week that I saw. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. One of the best goals. Don't don't get Sali Muhammad started, man, because he's he's just he's a problem. He's a problem. Um, San Diego. San yeah. Diego's impressed San, me. I'm, I'm, Diego. I'm really excited. Landon Donovan has been doing a great job preparing those guys, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of them um, during this uh, tournament. Oh, yeah. Um, ND11 looked good as well. Um, the team that did surprise me was uh, Louisville. I expected them to beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, me too. And then um, I was like, man, you guys, like, started the season back in your you know like in your new stadium but it's like ugh, that yeah. wasn't too great but well, that was sad they i they did have a um they did have fans there i believe as well yes they did and yep. it was like over five thousand. Mm-hmm. it was yes. it was a good showing for them birmingham legion looked really good against memphis. yes they did birmingham, they did because memphis looked very, pretty very decent too um, we know Charlotte Independence they'll be playing um, within another week or two. Um, Tampa Tampa Bay Rowdies they looked pretty decent. Yeah, Tampa Bay. To be fair, I those Atlanta United I don't expect much from their USL <laughs> squad. LA Galaxy I don't expect much from the MLS academies. Uh, I mean MLS. Second teams, I don't expect much from. Um, my, I think that um, the game that I'm really excited to see is actually the game tonight between Phoenix Rising and Orange County FC. Because yes, Orange yes. County is a very it's their first game, and that them that franchise is a very interesting one. Um, they signed some top young prospects, and then one of their young top prospects has um, signed a contract with Wolfsburg and is gone. So hmm. Orange County is very, very, very interesting franchise, and Phoenix is, the, I think, the best team in the league. So yeah, I have I, I'm, just, I'm just very curious as to why Solomon Asante is still there because... I Since mean, come on, sit- like one of the top, what, leading assist players, one of the top players of USL consistently in like two, three years in a row. And he's from he, Ghana. Yeah, he's Ghanaian. He's played 73 games in USL, and he has 39 goals and 31 assists. Crazy. Like, those numbers are ridiculous. And um, with MLS's transfers going on right now, I'm surprised the team didn't try to pick him up. Exactly. But, if I if I'm MLS, hopefully during this second transfer window, they'll they'll look to recruit Solomon. If not, even you know the European leagues. I, he's 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 a top. No disrespect to USL, no, no. but he's 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 definitely ready, like beyond ready. You know, he's ready to go. There's a few more people. When I look at uh, when I look at Flemo, I, I look at you know his teammate Junior Junior. He can definitely do well with an, an MLS club. I look at guys like Dane Kelly from Charlotte Independence, who was the top uh, leading scorer, um, you know, amazing striker. See, Dane and, and Flemmo kind of like played together back in Jamaica. So when it comes to that, it's like they're no joke. Then you look at uh, Sally Muhammad as well from New Mexico. 
these guys need to be within the MLS or at least within a, a European club. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but but I will say I enjoy them being where they are currently because they that's what keeps USL even more entertaining and it, and it makes you want to watch it. But I know those guys are ready for the big leagues as yeah. as well as a few others that are within USL, some veteran players that really need to be um, – within other leagues oh yeah most uh, most definitely um and to be to be to give credit to usl i think um overall that's it it's just an exciting league to watch like usl players they're like the playing style of some of the teams i mean i'm still hoping that my miami fc does a little bit better, or they start off their season. Oh, there's something um, going on with Miami. Because Miami on both sides are a little There's something in the Miami water. It so could be COVID because that's in the air for sure, but I don't know. But I, I honestly say that's what I love about the game, Nate. Like you, you just, you just never know how it's gonna go, right? The teams that you that we know is gonna perform, like we know Phoenix Rising is gonna perform, we know New Mexico is gonna perform, we know San Diego is gonna perform, we even know El Paso is going to perform. Um, but I'm excited because of like to watch other groups like Group F and Group H kind of you know do more. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Charlotte Independence play because I know they've had a lot of changes um, with some players and shifting some things around. So. I definitely want to see them play, and I think it's going to be interesting with with their group as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of like San Antonio, Austin, Tulsa. That group too is going to be very interesting. Um, Pretty much all the groups really are going to be very interesting, and and it's just going to be really exciting um, to see what happens next. So, who do you think is going to uh, take? take the crown for this one or at least head out to uh finals would you say if if you could predict it definitely i have to say that it's gonna it's gonna be group group a i really like sacramento republic for sure um that's that's who i think will make it um group b is a very tough one for me because they have three teams that i Actually, four teams that I, five actually all five teams I'm really really fans of. Like I love San Diego Loyal and what Landon's doing and Carrie and that organization is honestly one of the ones I like working with. I enjoy working with them. Um, Phoenix Rising, of course, is the favorite. You have LA Galaxy too, which um, they're they have some young players in the Los Angeles academy so they're very interesting las vegas las vegas i've always liked because uh, honestly their jerseys are cool in the way the organization is set up and orange county the same way i think they have some great um youth players that they have and they've been um doing a good job in that like getting young talented players and developing them so group b is a very tough one i'm gonna say phoenix at the top and I think um, San Diego as well. I think that those guys will finish one and two. Um, for Group C, I'm definitely going to go with um, ooh, New Mexico's my favorite. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going up there. Um, and then 
I'm going to have to say El Paso as well. I do like El Paso. Group D is tough because you have Austin, Tulsa, San Antonio, OKC Energy. I think it's going to end up being San Antonio and between Tulsa and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, group E, I can tell you Sporting Kansas City is probably going to finish last. I like Indy 11. <laughs> and um, I like Indy 11 and I like and I like Louisville as well. So I think those two are the favorites there. I think Group F, oof, oof. <laughs> Pittsburgh's probably going to take it. I think the Riverhounds, yeah, the Riverhounds will take it. Loudon is such an interesting franchise. I, uh, I'm not too sure as of yet. Hartford, I haven't seen, but based on how they did last year, I don't expect much. Period. Like I think they'll finish last probably. Um, group G, man. Group G. Oh my goodness. Group G. You have Charlotte Independence and Birmingham Legion with North Carolina FC and Memphis. I like the way Birmingham Legion looked. I am a fan of Charlotte Independence and North Carolina both. That's a nice little rivalry there. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think oh, I think it's going to be Birmingham and Charlotte to make it out of that group. Yeah. And the last one is, I think, is no shade but the weakest group in USL. <laughs> um, it's Tampa Bay, Charleston, Atlanta United 2, and the Miami FC. I I think Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay's one of the best teams in USL. Um, overall, I think they're gonna make it out with Charleston. I think Atlanta United two will finish dead last, and I think Miami will finish third if they can get their act together. But that's the way I that's the way I see it going. So we had a lot of the same clubs mostly. Like obviously we know the obvious for Group A for my choice would be. Um, Sac Republic, Sacramento Republic to the top for sure, but coming out of there, it could be Sacramento versus um, Tacoma possibly. Um, yeah, Tacoma. But Tacoma. but Sac taking it as a whole. Group B is the toughest. It's one of the toughest. It's probably one of the favorites, one of the fan favorites overall. I mean, San Diego's amazing, Phoenix, Las Vegas, but I gotta go with the top two is gonna be San Diego and Phoenix because there are five teams in, within that group. Um, so I would say, but then again, you know what? Orange County, it all depends tonight what Orange County looks like because I wouldn't sleep on them. So, and if it came down to it, it would be San Diego, Phoenix, and Orange County. But the top of the top is obviously going to go to Phoenix. It's definitely going to go to yep. Phoenix for that one. Um, for Group C, El Paso's good. I like Colorado. Um, definitely New Mexico is number one for me. It'll be New Mexico and uh, El Paso, but you never know what Colorado can do, or even the Real Monarchs. You, never, you just never know. Group D, um, I like San Antonio. I like Austin. I like FC Tulsa. OKC is okay, but I got to go with um, Tulsa and Sac- San Antonio for this one. Mm. Um, and the final one to me is going to be Tulsa. I don't put it past them that they can bring it. Group E, Indy 11, they looked pretty good. Um, Sporting Kansas somewhat. Louisville, too. I feel like out of that group, it'll be between Indy 11 and Louisville. 
one of them will uh, definitely bring it. And then for Group F, it's... Mm, group F is interesting. Um, I'm not really a fan of all the clubs a, a part of that group. Um, Want to see more from Philadelphia Union to Red Bulls as well. Um, I think Pittsburgh can do it, but I wouldn't put it past... I wouldn't put it past the Red Bulls. I think the Red Bulls and Pittsburgh would come to the final. And if it had yeah. to be out of one of those two, I'm probably going to say Pittsburgh. And then for Group G, of course, that's another tough one. Um, you got the North Carolina rivalry, North Carolina FC versus Charlotte Independence. Um, and then, of course, Birmingham. And Memphis looked decent. Even though they lost, they still looked decent. So that's an interesting group. Um, got to go with my top two would also be Birmingham and Charlotte Independence. Um, Charlotte Independence is favorite for me. Um, have a few guys on there. So And they got Dane Kelly. That's one of the best of the best. So I wouldn't sleep on them. Um, Birmingham looked good too, but I'm going to go with Charlotte for Group G. Um, and then for Group H, I agree. It is kind of like the weakest link. Um, but I'm going to definitely go with Tampa Bay. But I'm also going to say don't sleep on Miami for that one. Even though Miami's a little rough and Atlanta United is, is questionable, I wouldn't sleep on that group, but I'm still going to go with Tampa Bay as a whole for that one. Well, for and, sure. that, and, and that wraps up pretty much our take on teams and players and, you know, coming back and playing. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And I would say to people, definitely stay tuned for NWSL, for the Challenge Cup for that, for MLS, for USL. Definitely stay, you know, stay alert and just pay attention to all those games. And, and let us know if our predictions are right or wrong. And feel free to, you know, comment on our Twitter, our Instagram, and, and have that dialogue with us. Let us know what you, what you think also. Definitely, definitely, guys. Also, let's touch on on the European side of things. What has gone on this week? There's been big news around the world of football is Man City's financial fair play decision. So for those who don't know about football or financial fair play, financial fair play is run by UEFA and it was created because financial fair play is like the governing body of the finance that football clubs in Europe are controlled by. So earlier, earlier in um, the earlier in the decade, I'd say 2014, Man City were fined because they had did breach financial fair play rules with um, the amount of sponsorship money that they said they received. What happened was the case was reopened because it was discovered that they also were fixing their books by one of their main sponsorships slash owner groups. One of their sponsorships was run by one of the owners of the club, and it was said that they offered inflated sponsorship money and then sent that money back to the club so that it would help clean their books. What happened was the um, financial fair play in UEFA came in and decided that um, Man City would be banned for two years from Champions League football as well as a $30 million fine. And that went to the Court of Arbitration as well as um, 
as well as the CAS. So the Court of Arbitration ended up overturning the two-year ban from European football and the fine and um, the fine that was 30 million, I believe, went down to 10 million. So for me, well, for the implications of the league, in the Premier League, a lot of teams were fighting for, and historically, a lot of teams fight for the first to fourth place to qualify for Champions League because when you qualify for European leagues, it brings your clubs a lot more money to spend on transfers from the agent side of things. And for the players, a lot of players like to go to Champions League clubs. So with this being in the in up in the air, the Man City ruling for five months, a lot of teams like Wolverhampton Wonders, let's say, or like Leicester City, Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, uh, Manchester United, even Sheffield United is up there. We're all fighting for the top five spots because even if you finish fifth, the way the ruling was held, unless Man City won the Champions League this year, which they are still in, they would be um, not eligible to qualify for Europe next year. That also means for Man City as a club, you lose that attraction of getting top players to your club because if you're not playing in Champions League, a lot of top players don't want to move to clubs that aren't even eligible because then what are you really playing for within the season besides just winning the Premier League? So it was very interesting, the ruling. I think that um, I think that there's just a lot of corruption because there shouldn't be, my, my opinion, is if the ruling that UEFA, UEFA 5 financial fair play came up with, which was, hey, um, Champions League is run by UEFA. They run all of the European clubs. I feel as if if they decided that they found Man City should be um, banned for two years, that they should be. But then if the court of arbitration comes in and overturns the Man City ban, then it feels like financial fair play really does not have and hold any weight or is going to hold any clubs accountable in the future because this has really set the precedent. So um, that's my take. I've also been reading in um, the news of speculation with other clubs now that are on like the fifth place, sixth place um, in the Premier League that they're going to have trouble holding on to their top players now because they were really focused on landing that champion league spot. But if the club doesn't get Champions League, those players could leave now. So it's just that is just a big tri trickle down effect of what's going to happen with the Premier League and just what other clubs view as right with financial fair play. So it's very interesting, especially in the transfer market for agents and clubs and players. Um, Maggie, what is your take on financial fair play? Sorry, that was like really deep. No, it's, it's it was good. It was good. Um, it was good. Your explanation was perfect. Um, I think, I mean, it's not much to say except like, I I like Man City, but if financial, you know, fair play was f found, I think um, just like everyone else, it's like you commit the crime, you got to do the time, right? So if you get to get the ban, yeah, then you you're gonna be banned until you learn like okay. We don't need to do that. Um, but if it's proven that they're innocent, then so be it. But, um, you know, I, I think it sucks because if 
other teams were looking forward to like moving up a spot because of that. All their dreams could be shattered now because it's like, wait a minute. Okay, wait. This is not the case, you know? But then it also makes me wonder when I heard the news and I'm like, wait, it was overturned. How, who paid what to have it overturned or like what's going on? So um, I'm still up in the air on that one until, until I get full clarity on it. But for the most part, um, like you said, just in terms of, you know, the transfer window, uh, free agents, it's a, it's a great time for us as agents because this is where possibly players that we've maybe always wanted or players that are looking to just kind of make some moves and, you know, or even find new teams or new agents to get behind them. Um, it's a great time for us at least. I would say. Yeah, most definitely. Also, um, news today, we talked about this earlier, but Jude Billingham's deal to for Rissia Dortmund is yes. He did complete yes. his medical today and signed the five-year contract, which takes him to um, for Rissia Dortmund for five years. Congrats to Jude. Congratulations, Jude, Jude, and and the whole Bellingham family. Congratulations on! I, I know that was something that we all were keeping our eyes on. Um, something else in current news today too that happened. Uh, Kuz Mohammed, my Ghanaian brother, made the move over to um, Ajax now, so he's officially um, there. <laughs> you know, as they said, that everything contract signed, sealed, ink dried. Um, definitely salute to my girl Jen. Jennifer, one of the top agents out of France for getting that done, as well as Morgan. You guys are amazing. Um, I know they've been working on that for some time, so that's amazing. Um, and, of course, there's still other transfers that everyone's trying to figure out what's going to happen. You you have people in La Liga trying to figure out where they're going. You have people in Premier League trying to figure out where they're going because everyone is waiting and trying to find out if Jaden Sancho is going to end up in Manchester United. I don't think I've ever seen or heard of the football world revolving around one player like this. Like, literally, from several leagues, players are not moving yet, or they're, they're, everybody's just waiting to see what's going to happen with this one player. Um, you have Ansu Fati that... Also, it was a hot topic that we discussed on previous episodes about whether or not he's going to stay with Barcelona. I think we all know he's going to stay where he's at. It's only right. But he, too, is also waiting to see if Sancho is going to go to Manchester United. And everyone's like, well, what's the holdup? Obviously, with COVID, um, also the the amount that transfer fee is kind of hefty. And so... Um, it's like, is, is Man United going to pay that, you know, 100 million euros to get him? Some people are saying it's not worth it to pay that to bring Sancho to Man United when you have talent right in front of you, right under your nose, when you take someone like Mason Greenwood. You can always just keep him and, you know, build up that roster even more and give him more playing time. But some are like, well, no. Bring Sancho over. Because then the question becomes, if you, if you bring Sancho, do you trade Greenwood in exchange? What are your thoughts on that? And, and do you think Sancho is going to come to United? I 
I mean, with the with the reports that Manu aren't paying over fifty million for him, that's ridiculous. Like that that won't happen. Manu's got to pay the money to get Sanchu. That that's what I think it's going to come down to, one hundred percent. Or, I mean, Manchester United are they willing to give up a top talent like Mason Greenwood? I I don't think so. I think Sanchu would fit into that United attack because. That their playing style, their movement, the fluidity, Pogba, Bruno Fernandez, Martial, Sancho, is is honestly and Rashford. Let's not forget, is terrifying to be honest. If you're a defender in the Premier League, to face all of those all those boys, and even um, the way Mason Greenwood has been playing, he looks like he's gonna be a top player for the future as well. United's very interesting. I think that. Um, they should they should get this substantial deal done. They definitely should. I think he's let's be real. Jaden Sancho to any team is an addition. Any team in the world will take him and he'll be in the starting eleven. So um I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what goes on in that that. Um so I wanna say that uh from North American players, let's um I just wanna congratulate Kobe Hernandez Foster. And as well as um, Brang Keo, both of them um, U.S. Youth National Team players at the under-17 level. They both attended the World Cup. Um, Keo's from Orange County, and he signed with Wolfsburg, and he'll be joining their under-23 um, team. And Kobe Fernandez from Los Angeles Galaxy 2, he will be joining Wolfsburg's U19s for next season. So that makes it two more top youth American players who've made it over to Germany. Hopefully they can follow in the footsteps of Christian Pulisic, Giovanna Reina, and those um, players um, who have developed over the last couple of years in Germany and have made big moves for the U.S. national team, as well as, oh, let me not forget, Josh Sargent, who's out there with Warder Bremen as well. Um, good luck to those boys. I'm excited to see where their career goes. So um, that would be very interesting as well. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And um, also just another announcement has been made that the transfer window in the year for the England starts on... Ooh, it starts 25th. on 20, 25th or 27th? 27th, 27th. 27th July, 27th. of July, and then it ends internationally on October 5th, domestically on the 16th. So it's very, very, very fun times, very interesting times. It coincides with the MLS transfer window that opens on August 12th and ends in October 27th, as well as um, the rest of European leagues are following suit. They're beginning either um, July 25th to October 5th as well. Um, that's going to be very interesting to have all of the um, windows open at one time for agents. Um, busy time. It's going to be extremely be busy. I mean, um, I, 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 I've seen requests every single day, and I know Maggie's seen requests every single day from Europe and just even with MLS. So... It's going to be a very interesting time for us. Um, 
And just the last topic we want to touch on is how each league did deal with um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Maggie, if you want to go into that in depth, go ahead. Sure, sure. So on one of our previous episodes, um, we did discuss, you know, uh, we talked about Black culture and and just Black culture within soccer with um, a friend to the show and a friend of ours, uh, Aaron Dolores from Black Arrow. We spoke about that. And then we spoke about um, just players in places like Europe and you know here in America showing solidarity and unity and and showing um their feelings you know towards social injustice and ending racism um but in America in particularly what we saw with the National Women's Soccer League and we saw players like Casey Short taking a kneel and we saw um Sarah Gordon from Chicago Red Stars taking a kneel and taking a step further to say okay let's Let's try to put something together to really help um, with the league and how it's portrayed and how those things are looked at when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Um, so the National Women's League are working on a few things to help with that initiative. Um, and then we saw, obviously, the most one of the most powerful, impactful movements from the MLS. Huge, huge, huge shout out to Justin Morrow and um, all the players. It consists of about maybe... 60 to 70 African-American players, even a mixture of um, other minorities, you know, from Latino backgrounds. And they all came together and formed the Black Players Coalition within MLS. And they've had talks and meetings and, you know, have worked with MLS Players Associations as well as Don Garber, where they're looking to fix a lot of things, whether that's providing opportunities for these players that retire to then say, hey, we can then be, uh, we can look at becoming sporting directors or possibly assistant head coaches or head coaches even. And then even stepping it up further to say, okay, let's look at the boards in the front office. Let's get some more people of color within the front office of MLS as well as the board of directors. Um, but just that, that, that moment to see those guys walk out where they had t-shirts displayed with Black Lives Matter and it had different sayings like you know I am black or or you know I too relate to like George Floyd or or, I'm a Trayvon Martin or I'm you know Breonna Taylor it's like say her name say their name say his name and just really stand there and put the fist in the sky it was amazing amazing moment um Nate what are your thoughts on what MLS came out and did like I got emotional watching it and thought it was just amazing and groundbreaking and very impactful I think what MLS did and the Black Players Coalition did was just, just like one word, powerful. Like, I think, uh, um, just the whole way that ML- the MLS supported the boys and doing what they had to do, um, the T-shirts, the masks, the unity, the solidarity that was shown between them, um, the MLS and the Players Coalition, was just so powerful and I just even want to congratulate or um, just shout out Thierry Henry as well because um, he did kneel for the first eight minutes and 46 seconds yes. in honor of George Floyd as a football coach so that was very powerful as well because we all know Thierry Henry isn't even from um, North America 
but um for him to do that and just all the players tributes with um let's go back to the young player from LA Galaxy with his Black Lives Matter boots and just everything that the players have been doing showed real solidarity and you see um all of the teammates are speaking up no regardless of race religion all of the players seem unified for the women's league it was different there was um a situation that happened there that I was disappointed in um where um most of the girls were kneeling some of them decided that they didn't want to um and I just think that it just goes back and it just not even goes back to but it goes to show that you have teammates that are going to help fight for you and like help defend you and have your back on the field but outside the white lines you can't even show them support uh, it's just really disheartening to see but I didn't see any of that with MLS so um, kudos to kudos to those guys USL I'm excited to see what those guys do I really do like what um San Diego's uniforms I think they have yes. one of the best designed uniforms and one of the like best messages I saw um, Elijah Martin's uniform and I think that the um, marketing team and the media team for San Diego did a really good job in um, just showing the players the jerseys and releasing the jerseys I think it was very powerful to see that and um, I'm excited to see what more USL teams come up with I know Hughes a uh, big spokesman and advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement in USL. So really excited to see what he's doing. Um, also, congratulations to the foundation that he was started. Maggie, um, great work again. It's um, great to see that we have um, one player who's actually speaking up and not even speaking up, but actually putting more actions into the words and his beliefs. So USL, I'm very proud of. Um, MLS is very proud of as well. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for USL. Um, they have there has been teams that have been very vocal. Um, like you said, San Diego's done an amazing, amazing job. So Landon Donovan, Carrie Taylor, the whole team. Um, Elijah Martin. You know, he and I were talking about it, and I was like, this is so impactful. I love it. Um, Definitely, you know, Hugh Roberts, Brandon Miller, you guys, George Davis, what you guys are doing right now with USL is like amazing and just stepping up and really taking action. Hugh knows already how just it's such an honor to even represent him, work with him, uh, to work with Brandon Miller and just and just to hear how vocal they are, but also stepped into the role to be the two ambassadors and two leaders of USL on the players side to show the players like listen these issues hit us personally and you know either we're all gonna stay united and do this or we're just not and and um and a huge shout out to Charlotte Independence for supporting Hugh and really um listening to the message you know the the owners and president of the team they organized a really great meeting to sit with the players and talk with them and actually wanting to learn more about their concerns. Um, I also know that Louisville city had did the same thing as well. Um, and so it's, it's exciting to see that these teams and these owners are looking into it and there's going to be a lot more coming from uh, USL. 
for sure with when it comes to Black Lives Matter and it comes to just taking initiatives and taking action. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. And yeah, once again, with MLS, with NWSL, I'm, I'm just really proud of all of them. I feel like we're in a time where because sports is resuming, but it feels so good to know that soccer was carrying the torch for all of these things. You know, usually we'll see this within the NFL, we'll see this within the NBA, but to see soccer, to see football as a whole, the, the number one and global sport, to see them doing this and having the support of, you know, the top, top of the top from their teams, their owners, their leagues, and even to the very top to have FIFA support all around and say, we support them, we stand with them, we're also taking initiatives on our side too, to make sure that you know, these players feel comfortable and know that, okay, you know, you, you don't, you're not in this alone. You have the support. And so I'm just proud of everyone um, within the space. And, and, and uh, I'm excited to see more and just, you know, see a lot of changes happen within the industry. Yeah, most, most definitely, most definitely guys. And I would just like to say, before we go, thank you guys all for tuning in to the Inside Football episode hosted by myself and Maggie, the Inside Agents. And we will see you guys all next week. Do not forget. Yes. Go ahead, Maggie. Oh, no, no, no. You were saying don't forget. Oh, yeah. Do not forget to follow, like, subscribe, comment share your insight with us on our podcast we'd love to hear your guys feedback we'd love to hear your guys predictions it with what you think is going to happen with the women's challenge cup the mls return to play tournament as well as your usl predictions um we would love to hear it we'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast guys stay safe corona free wear your mask wash your hands practice social distancing and we will See you guys next Friday. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on our social medias to the inside agents on both Instagram um, and Twitter as well, as well as visiting our YouTube channel. Also the inside agents. Thank you guys.